Welcome to the Marshall Pro Podcast and your week in IndyCar interview series. Who do we have? Well, we have the driver who six-time IndyCar champion Scott Dixon refers to as Little Kiwi. And you're not that small, Mark Armstrong, but I guess maybe he refers to you as Little Kiwi since he's kind of the big old Kiwi since he's like, what, 63, I think, in terms of age. So I'm not sure if any of that's accurate, but... <laughs> Uh, we have our guy, Marcus Armstrong, joining us halfway through your rookie campaign with Chip Ganassi Racing and wanted to check in and just get some thoughts from you, my man, about how things are going. And then maybe we can talk a little bit about looking to the future and goals and wishes and desires for you here in the good old NTT IndyCar Series. So now that you and others have had a chance to take a little bit of a break between Mid Ohio and Toronto coming up. Tell me about this first introduction to IndyCar and how the season's gone from your perspective. Well, thanks, Marshall. That was um, that was a great introduction. Um, was it? <laughs> I'm glad right. that Scott calls me Little Kiwi, or what? What did you say he called me? Little, little Kiwi. Kiwi. Yeah. Lil Kiwi, maybe L I L Kiwi. That's kind of cool. But Little, no, I'm not that small. I'm like. Six foot seven on a good day, so yeah. it's not too bad. True, you're a, um, you're, a, you're a giant in stature. Yeah, oh, 138 pounds of me. Um, that's my left leg. Uh, no. my left leg weighs 138 pounds, so you can just go to hell, Armstrong. <laughs> but that's fine. Go ahead, as you were saying. Yeah, no, I'm uh, right now. I'm um, enjoying um, a little bit of time off before I head to Canada for the next race. Um, things are going well, mate. Um, I. I've been enjoying it. It's been full on. Um, a lot has been, a lot has happened since when was the first race at St. Pete? Was it March? Uh, yeah, indeed it was March 5th. Yeah, so I feel like, I feel like it's been, it's been, a, it feels like it's been a year since then. So much has happened. Um, learned so much and it's, it's a lot of fun being in this paddock, uh, especially when, you're with Chip Ganassi Racing, so I've just been enjoying it, working with my boys week in, week out, and learning a new track every weekend, it seems, um, which is which is fun, provides its challenges, but it's a lot of fun. And now I've got a whole, a whole load more circuits to learn as well, Toronto being the next one. The thing that has impressed me most is every track – you've been to has been new to you you with that significant learning curve to overcome knowing that you're only doing the road and street course races this year sharing that number 11 chip ganassi racing honda with two-time 8500 winner takuma sato you have not done texas not done the indianapolis motor speedway missed out on those two oval rounds and the points they would pay and yet you're holding 17th in the championship out of 27 uh, full-time entries. Uh, you are sitting right behind Renus VK, young veteran race winner in the series. Um, also looking at the fact, Marcus, which this is the thing that impresses me the most, you have yet to have a breakout finish, one that you've had a couple of opportunities for a top five, something similar. There's been the potential... For whatever reason, things haven't exactly worked out. And yet, across the seven races you've done, 
you have, I think, five finishes between 8th and 11th place. And while I know on a usual day you're not celebrating, hey, I finished 8th or ninth or whatever it is, but for a rookie going to every track for the first time, the fact that you've been able to finish well pretty much everywhere you've gone with this learning curve in mind and not doing this full-time, I just think it says you've got a hell of a lot of potential to build upon. Tell me about that side of being pretty damn close, and it feels like maybe uh, an even better finish is not far away. Yeah. um, No, I mean, it isn't easy going to new circuits every weekend. I'm not going to lie. I I feel like going from Formula 3 to Formula 2 was a – was a smaller step than going from F2 to IndyCar, not from the difference of the car, but just simply the whole, the circuits, the the culture, everything, you name it. Um, it's quite different. And I thought that with Mid-Ohio especially, it was probably probably the most difficult track I've been to yet, just from, a, from the point of view that, you know, Scott's obviously won there six times and... Um, and he's probably led more laps there than I've done races. So um, not making any excuses, of course. But he you know, he has all the knowledge in the water around that track. And we don't have a lot of time to sort of get on it, um, get on the pace. So uh, I, as much simulator preparation as I can do, I, I do feel like I need to experience, um, experience it. And we've made, in my opinion, tremendous progress throughout the the season so far it might not look like it from the results standpoint i guess we have made steady progress on that side as well but we've been capable of a lot more which i think we sort of displayed to an extent at road america um i thought we qualified a bit poorly in my opinion and p8 and then had a good start and and got to maybe p2 at one point depending on how you look at it. Um, and I thought that we had really good pace. So that was, I think, an example of what we what we can achieve when when I sort of know what to expect because we did the we did the rookie test there the week before and um, I certainly arrived in FP1 and hit the ground running, which is what we want to do um, going forwards. So um, I think going forwards to, to sort of summarize everything, if we can sort of arrive at a race weekend – jump into FP1 head first and sort of hit the ground running, so to speak. That's going to help us so much when it comes to the nitty gritty, you know, and quality. And, and I think when I know what to expect, um, that's when we can expect some, some, you know, really good results, I think. So, um, overall I'm feeling pretty positive about the future. Um, and, I mean, every every weekend I've learned something. I think every single lap I've done in IndyCar I've learned something. So that's also um, part of it, and it's um, I got to say it's a lot of fun as well. Let me ask about the crew that run that number eleven Honda. I know from speaking to some of them, some of your teammates in terms of drivers, some of the the managers at the team, they all seem to really enjoy you. Uh, speaking with Scott Dixon huh. here, I know I, that's a surprise to me as well. I'm like, <laughs> this guy is dreadful as a human being, but seemingly you've got them. Conned. Yeah. Um, but kidding aside, say. even Dixon, Dixon was telling me like, look, uh, he's pretty low key, pretty mellow. Uh, and that just seems to fit in wonderfully with the vibe within the team. 
every racing team has its personality. Chip Ganassi racing a little bit more blue collar uh, than others. So just your kind of workmanlike, mellower approach seems to fit them well. I look at someone like your crew chief, you know, real veteran uh, of the sport, and Michael Gallick, Eric Cowden, who's been probably a race engineer longer than you've been alive. You've got some really sharp folks around you in every capacity on that 11 car. Tell me about some of them, Marcus, because i got to believe that they've been integral in making this uh, debut season for you go pretty smoothly. Mike has been uh, a, a, great, um, a great guy for me. He's uh, been around a long time. Uh, Eric as well. Like you said, he's been engineering since before I was born. That's actually true. I don't yeah. think you want to hear that, but yeah. um, <laughs> he's been um, he's been really, really great. Um, you know, answering all my silly questions at the beginning of the season, and um, and then Blair, my strategist, Blair Julian. He's he's been racing at the front since since forever with Scott. Um, you know, being his crew chief and and has tremendous knowledge um they're they all have one great quality which is that they're never satisfied that might be great that might be bad but um they're never satisfied they're always learning and i feel like i'm a bit the same so um like for example i i will even if i've had a good session i i don't think that you can ever stop um, trying to find something, and and my guys in particular are very much like that, um, searching for for perfection really. And um, Blair is constantly doing homework. He's he's the guy that probably does more work than than anyone I've seen in motorsport. Frankly, just he's always working on something. I was going to um, say with Blair every, too. I mean him having transitioned from being crew chief on Scott Dixon's car forever, leading their phenomenal pit crew, the Wolf Pack, transitioning to a, a management role uh, last year with the team now, or, you know, continuing to build his race strategy uh, skills as well. He's someone, too, where I, was, I should have mentioned up front that as race strategist, some folks might think, oh, well, this person's job really is to perform on Sundays once – the green flag waves and it's like no 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 blair julian is constantly feeding you or any driver or crew member that he works with all kinds of little pieces of information and ways to improve their game so you're kind of surrounded by folks who are all just trying to infuse you with whatever it takes to help you make that next level mm, absolutely and and blair in particular he's always going through um whether it be past past year results or, or even, you know, talking to the other, um, strategists in the team, he's been, um, a great source of inspiration on that side. And he's a Kiwi as well, which actually, you know, it's always nice to hear a familiar accent, uh, inside the team, despite my accent being all over the shop, but, um, no, he's a great guy and I'm lucky to be surrounded by them just from, a from 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 a learning standpoint especially um as it's my first season in indycar i think i've done seven races now it feels like i've you know learned so much and that's uh i think um primarily because of them let's talk about the future a little bit here to close marcus so 
more races coming up here a couple more ovals you won't be competing in but you have been very vocal in saying i want to i want to i want to we had some fun in may right when you came out to turn one and uh got a chance to see what it looks like <laughs> an indy car the very ones you drive blasting at your face at 230 miles an hour or whatever it is we know that this is something you want to uh, to do in the future Don't tell me any secrets or any things that you shouldn't but on the free agent list and or silly season stuff i know you've said before you would love to return to chip ganassi racing but any insights on if that's possible or how that process starts or are you talking to them if so is it full season just curious because if you want to be a guy that does all the races i'd guess staying where you are would be a pretty good place yeah i I do want to do all the races i've been quite vocal about wanting to do ovals like you said um i think from the first moment i saw it at texas it was like you know this looks different in real life (laughs) i've obviously watched it on tv but this is just ridiculous and um in a good way of course and then obviously i went to to indy i did that little you know media experiment with you where you um where you made me literally put me on the edge of the track (laughs) thanks for that by the way um as you know everyone was you know inches from the wall um yeah, I do want to jump on an oval. That would be great. Um, but for the moment, I'm focused on what I'm doing, and that is racing uh, as hard as I can, trying to get the results. Results, um, the results can be there very soon. So that's where my main focus lies. And it's, I think I've said it a couple of times, but it's very easy to get lost in in the future and what you know what I want to do. Um, in a year from now, but for me, it's actually quite easy to stay present and enjoy the moment. Um, firstly, because I know that everything I do this year is going to help my future. Um, and secondly, because it's quite enjoyable, it's very enjoyable. So I can just sort of take every weekend, every day as it comes. I haven't seen these circuits before. I haven't seen like a lot of the stuff. So I'm very much in my honeymoon phase where I'm just sort of doing what I, what I do, what I see and enjoying every day. So, um, I guess it, I, long story short, it's no secret that, um, that I'm loving it here at Chip Ganassi racing and yeah. Um, who knows what the future holds. There we go, boys and girls, the Marcus Armstrong. Thank you for joining us. My man mid short vacation um i believe you told me before we started recording you're going to see that that human dark cloud known as kalum Eilat here as well uh so uh i'll be praying for you tonight he's a bright he, he's actually a, a white fluffy cloud at the moment is he he's in a good mood oh yeah well do whatever you can to tell him to hold on to that no, I'm kidding. I would love to. I guy. will. But yeah, the fact that we've made him self-conscious about being negative, that's the whole goal and it's working. So uh, I don't know if he knows that was the <laughs> strategy, but to make himself conscious so he made a, a greater effort to be positive, it sounds like that master strategy is at least kind of sort of Callum, working. Callum and I, we, are, uh, we, we were on a plane together for 
would have been nine hours uh, the other night, and we were both sitting at the back by the toilets in economy. I think you guys call it coach. And um, he was the most positive person on that in that cabin. He was sitting right at the back on seat 35, and and he was happy, happy as Larry. So um, I'm going to mention to him that you continuously call him a dark cloud, and I'm going to I'm going to let you know what he says in return. I can't imagine it's going to be very positive, though, mate. <laughs> I look forward to that, and I think we've cracked the code. Get iLot near toilets. So at Toronto, I'm going to tell the promoters to stack all the portajons right behind his pits, and apparently he just turns into human sunshine. So uh, this is we are learning so many things here, Marcus. Let me say a big thank you as well before we go to Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers, torontomotorsports.com, and Discount Tire for supporting my little show. And best of luck with iLot, and then at Toronto, and in the rest of your season. Awesome. Thank you very much, Marshall.